Hi, welcome to New Zealand Vegan Podcast, episode 48. I'm here with Paula Aldana from Guatemala, who has the um, famous YouTube videos Porolita 22. And um, we're going to talk today about veganism and animal rights, as usual. And um, for anybody who's bilingual uh, Spanish-English, I did a great interview with Paula in Spanish on my last uh, Spanish broadcast. Hi, Paula. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you? I'm really, really good. So thanks for coming on my podcast in English. And this is really awesome. Everybody's been really looking forward to it. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Excellent. I really am. <laughs> Excellent. And I just thought it would be a really good idea to cover pretty much the things that we covered in the Spanish broadcast because we covered a lot of really important things, uh, the things that you're doing over there and how things are for you as a vegan in your country, um, your videos that you're doing and how they're reaching people. And um, so why don't you just, just talk a little bit about your YouTube page, um, how you got started doing that and, um, you know, you can also just let us know how, your story of how you became a vegan and things like that. Okay, well, it all started in around September 2007, actually. I was just looking around, and I really don't exactly remember how I came across a video, you know, that I was mildly interested in vegetarianism, so I just started looking at a video that someone had made, and it just shocked me, you know, because I really had no idea of all the things that happened to animals. I mean, I, I was aware that I was eating animals, so to speak, but I wasn't really aware of everything that happened, and I, I've never actually seen an animal, like, get killed in front of me, so I was kind of guarded in that part, and so when I saw that, I automatically be, became interested, and I just couldn't be the same person that I was, and I just was wishing, you know, that there was something that I can do, so that's what got me started, actually, you know, watching videos and meeting other people on YouTube who were just, you know, recording themselves, talking about things, you're just putting their ideas outside. So it was really interesting for me. And little by little, I, like, started reading other websites. And at the beginning, it was, like, really confusing for me because the person that made this video that I watched, like, the very, very first video, she's a vegetarian. Um, and because of her, her religion, like, she's not allowed to, like, eat eggs. I'm not really sure what religion she is, but they, um, they do consume a lot of dairy. So she didn't put anything about dairy in that video. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, you know, I'm going to be a vegetarian. And at first, I was really afraid, you know, I, I didn't want to put that label on myself. Like, I didn't want to be a vegetarian, but... I really thought, you know, I, I can't be the same person. I can't let this happen, you know, and just act like nothing <laughs> has ever happened. So I started um, watching other people's videos, and I just thought, you know, I'm going to make a video. I'm going to, like, make the change. And so I started making videos. Um, it was also very good because, you know, at the time, I didn't really know anyone around me who was vegetarian or vegan, nothing. So it helped me to watch other people, you know, listen to what they were saying, you know, to be able to um, ask questions, you know, and get answers. It was just very good. I think as a community, YouTube can be very helpful in that way sometimes if you, uh, you know, if you find the right people. Because it, it's really good, you know, to see other people that sometimes share things that, and you're like, oh, I'm going through that too, you know. So it was great. So little by little, I started to make my videos. And, well, I had a lot of <laughs> a lot of things to talk about and to ask and stuff. And that 
that was what gradually um, uh, like took me into veganism because um, as I was like I, I was vegetarian for about eight months maybe and I was making videos like once a week you know a lot of videos and <laughs> I find it funny but at the same time now that I'm vegan I understand it because there were some vegan people that started commenting on my videos like dude why are you vegetarian and not vegan and I was like why are you telling me that you know I'm vegetarian I'm helping animals <laughs> but I and they were a little annoying, like, oh, no, you're still abusing animals. And I was like, oh, you're being rude. But at the, at the back of my head, I was like, this guy has a point. And so I started researching about veganism, and I asked questions about veganism. And I got a, a lot of responses, you know. I, I'm sure there are a lot of vegans out there just willing to help others to become vegans. And that's amazing. So I got a lot of responses, a lot of advice, even books, you know. Someone from Chicago sent me her books, you know, six books on veganism and vegan recipes. So I was like, oh, I, I have no excuse, you know, for this. I have to go vegan. <laughs> and so I did, you know. That's so awesome. You know, that's just proof. You know, people say that... Um Oh, you know, you can't tell people they should be vegan. You know, you just have to let them, you know, gently and, oh, we don't want to scare people and, oh, they think we're radical. And, and look at this. If those people hadn't gone on there and said those things to you, I mean, I'm sure if they had abused you and called you names and said you're a horrible person, but they were just telling you the truth. Look, you're still par participating in this. And then as soon as you agreed to... um at least try to learn some things. They just, with open arms, just welcomed you. I mean, like, I don't know any vegan, even vegans I know who are, who think that I'm like an absolutist. Any vegan I know who's vegan for ethical reasons will go, will bend over backwards to help somebody learn about veganism because we do care so much about it and we have the information. So that just blows apart another myth that you can't, you know, talk to people about vegans, especially vegetarians, because you could have been stuck in that sort of, you could have been left to sort of think that you were doing this really amazing thing for animals for years and years and years because it happens you know but the vegans went on there and, and pointed it out and said hey you know you haven't gone far enough and at the beginning you thought it was rude and things like that but not enough to I mean you had to admit that they were right I mean so I think that this is just proof that you know we need to be doing this we can't be scared what are we scared of I don't understand this hesitancy so good on those who contacted you and good on you for having the you know the the mind to be able to say to to listen to them and to sort of put aside your own kind of defense and your own kind of you know because it's I mean I know it's not nice to, for people when they have to sort of confront yet again that maybe they are still hurting being part of something that's causing you know, causing suffering, but it's it's a necessary, uh, you know, it's a necessary sort of pain, if you will. So I think that that's a really awesome story. So how did you get turned on to um, abolition? Well, yeah, that's the thing. When I was getting all these responses from vegans, giving me advice and stuff, um, I made friends. Uh, I became friends with. Um, someone called Jessamine, and she is from Australia, and she was just starting on this veganism thing, too. She, she had been vegan for about five months, and she was just talking to me about all the things that she was going through, like, she was excited, and she wanted to do so much, and she also made YouTube videos, and they were, like, great. She used to make a lot of videos, and I, I remember every morning when I got to work, I was just hoping that she would have posted another video so I could listen to all the things that she was saying, and then one day she just told me, you know, about Vegan Freak. And she just said, you know, do you listen to Vegan Freak Radio? And I'm like, 
no, I don't know what that is, you know. And then she 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 shared, you know, the link with me. And so I started listening to their podcast and they were just so cool that um I eventually ran into Gary Francione on their podcast. So then I went to check his website out and I and I just thought, you know, this is what makes sense, you know. Um I was already almost vegan, you know, because I was um trying a lot to to just not get all attention to me because people around me were just like thinking that I was this weird person that didn't want to eat meat anymore. So I was trying to do it like on my own. I didn't tell anyone, oh, I'm going to be vegan now, you know. I, I was just like doing it on my own. And either way, I was cooking for myself and my mom didn't really care that much. Um, she was okay with the fact that I wasn't eating need it anymore but um it was a little bit my fault because when people stared at me or or, or made comments about me not eating meat i was like oh it's okay you know it's just meat you know i'm still eating eggs you know i'm still eating milk whatever and um and so then i, I thought how am i gonna tell them you know i'm not gonna eat these things anymore when i used to you know grab onto that as an excuse for that for them to leave me alone you know <laughs> So, but I, I was like, I don't care, you know. So I started doing it, and uh, the more that I read about it, the more that I knew that there was no reason to be ashamed or afraid or whatever. But the contrary, you know, I had to speak up about these things. I had to stop hiding, you know. I had to just do something because, you know, if I had someone who, who had told me about this in my real life, you know, in my circle of friends, maybe I would have. Um, learned about this long time ago, you know, and not just three years ago. Um, and so I think I'm not going to let that happen to people around me. I'm not going to hide away from it. So I, I really thought, you know, before that, you know, all that cage-free stuff and, you know, banning gestation crates things were awesome, you know, and were like the greatest thing ever. But I didn't fully understand all the implications of it. And, you know, um, it was just really something that clicked for me, you know, like this makes sense. This is what we should be doing. This is what I should be doing. So I changed my approach. I, I, I started thinking about things in a whole different way, you know, and it has been like a progress, I think, because ever since I, I said, well, I'm going to be vegan, I'm just in a constant uh, way of learning and learning and learning. I, I don't think I'll ever stop learning, really. Me neither. No, so that was the Vegan Freaks podcast, uh, Vegan Freaks Radio that you heard. So that was that's um, fantastic. And because you're bilingual, you started doing everything in English because that was basically your first context, correct? So yeah. you have the two channels in YouTube, and Porolita22, and, and that's P-O-R-O-L-I-T-A, and then the number is 22, and that's the English channel. Channel, right. Yeah. So when did you start? Um, I, when was the transition where you decided to start doing it in Spanish and, and things like that as well? Well, you know, I just thought um, that at first it was just for me, you know, I wanted to meet people. I wanted to talk to people, you know, but um, then I started to get comments from people in Spanish and they were like, oh, you're from Guatemala. Why, why don't you please translate this video for me? Because I wanted to show it to my mother, you know. Um, oh, please put subtitles in this video. And I was like, oh, no, I can't put subtitles in a video and I can't translate a video because I, I didn't have the time to do it. But then I thought I could make videos in Spanish. I mean, I should. That's my 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 first language. So I, I started making the, the videos and I don't have as much videos right now as in my English channel because it's it's been going on for a lot more time, you know, in English. But I try to do them uh, every time I can because then I know that there are a lot of people who 
who can also get this message um, because there are really few people that are talking about veganism in Spanish. I've only found other two people uh, openly talking about veganism um, on YouTube in Spanish. And in English, there are a lot of different people, you know, and as you said, it's, it, it's a whole bunch of people with different opinions, different perspectives, different ways of, you know, their activism. And so people can make up their minds. And, and well, that's how I started. And I, I've been trying to do it as much as I can because I really enjoy it. And, you know, it, it has a, the, the positive thing that, you know, that you're speaking, you know, with no interruptions. You can just make up your mind about some message and share it. And people are going to, they're going to go to the page. They're going to play that video and they're going to listen. And then they're going to make up their mind, you know, and it's better sometimes even that when you're um, maybe in person talking to someone because they interrupt you or they start to refute you before even you had the chance to finish. So I think that's the good thing about YouTube, you know, and about videos that you can just go and speak your mind and then have people do with your message what they want. You know, they can accept it. They can reject it. They can be curious. They can, I don't know, but, but they can just... Um, allow themselves to listen first and then make up their minds. That's a really good point. That is a really good point um, because, like you say, they they can think whatever they want, but they can't really interrupt. They're going to have to hear your whole th your whole thought process, whether they like it or not. There's no interruptions. Um, there's no editing. Like if you're on another show, like if, like you know, we had this fantastic broadcast from the BBC World, um, Animals and Us, where Gary Francione was on there, and um, you know. Um, they they picked luckily for us they picked really great stuff especially in the second part they talked about veganism and, and the abolition of animal use but it's edited you do this these interviews with people when you're high profile and you do an interview and then they can edit it however they want whereas when you do a YouTube video or when you do a podcast you can have your you can you can put the, you can lay the whole thing on the line I think that's a really really good point that you made so anyway that that's fantastic that you're doing this in Spanish as well for the same for the same reasons and um, I think it's really it's really really important obviously that more more countries and more people start doing this stuff um, and in all different languages which is one of the reasons why I love the translation of the world is vegan if you want it in all these different languages how um, how do you find it talk a little bit about you, what it's like in your country in Guatemala because we you know I'm from New Zealand and it's very you know it's it's very low profile here and all that stuff but there's still you know way more vegans here there's still the vegan societies just started up so even in New Zealand where I complain that it's low profile and I want more it's still <laughs> way it's still way more than what you have the resources that you have so how do you deal with that you know in your community and when you're buying things when you're shopping food and all those kinds of things yeah it is actually it's better for your economy if you live here because um, I'm to live in a country that has a lot of you know local um, crops you know we have a lot of produce that is grown here in our land so it's really not expensive at all um, and so I have a lot of different options you know to cook I have all these grains and vegetables and fruits that are just so cheap you know even you can go to the, the markets you know the local markets that people you know the indigenous people from my country just place on the streets and you get them even half the price that you could get them you know in the supermarket even so it's really easy and you know the thing is that um, vegan options as such exist here you know there are a couple of stores here that on products from the United States and other places but they're a little more expensive than you know the equivalent if you want to call it that 
um, of the animal product, but it's still uh, a good choice because you have the alternative if you want it. For example, there's this soy butter that it, that it's really good, and there's veganase. But I haven't really tried veganase to be honest. Um, I wasn't much of a mayonnaise lover <laughs> in my non-vegan days anyway. But I have like I'm curious about it. But anyway, it's really easy, and I think it's cheap. You know, it's it's really cheap to be a vegan here um, because it's easy to products that will get yourself in a balanced and balanced diet and a really a lot of variety, you know. But the thing is that also people are are just used to eating a lot of vegetables around here. You know, the animal products here are expensive. You know, meat is expensive, dairy is expensive. And, you know, uh, I live in a country where we're not exactly first world, you know, we're third world. And there's a lot of poverty here. There, there are people starving to death, you know, in some of the provinces and uh, a food crisis going on here. And so uh, it's it's just shocking, you know, because then you you you, you listen to the, to the radio, you, you hear in the news that people are starving to death, there's no, not enough food, there's not enough water in some places to grow anything. And so a lot of people are getting together and trying to get, get help to these provinces, you know. But still, here in the city, we're just looking at how everyone is just eating meat like crazy and dairy products that they don't need. And so when I talk to people, I just make that, re that, that relation, you know, like, you see all that people dying, you know, you see all that people starving. And then you see that here in the city, there are other people using tons of water, tons of grain to feed animals for you to eat, where people are starving, you know, and that's not fair. And then people are like, wow, you're right, you know, because we, we all want to help, you know. Uh, I think there's like this thing of compassion in everyone that we, we just want to help people in need, but they're like, oh, I'm going to give this, you know, a pound of sugar or a pound of rice or whatever, and I'm going to give it away from charity and stuff. But there's more that we can do, and I try to educate people about this so much because they don't see the relation. I, I know I was so ignorant about this not long ago, so <laughs> I just really try to tell them this because... You know, the other thing is that people who are poor, you know, um, are really not that used to drinking dairy products, you know. They're not used to giving milk to their children because they can't afford it. So it's like, oh, we're going to drink coffee, you know, we're going to drink like whatever other um, juice or things. But we are just, I mean, when I was not a vegan, I was used to drinking two glasses of milk a day. It's crazy, you know, and I know people who just don't do that because they can't afford it. So it's really not that big of a deal. In fact, it's easy. I think it's it's better for your economy if you live in here to be vegan. <laughs> yeah, that's so, that's amazing. I mean, I think that that makes perfect sense. Um, if only people were listening, you know. Um, the, but I think that just the fact that you're there is, you know, it's really important. Imagine if you weren't there. So it's it's difficult for you, I think. Well, I say difficult, but as we know um, from that wonderful quote, um, if you think it's difficult to be vegan, think how difficult it is for the animals that you are not vegan, and then we put it all in perspective. Exactly. But, you know, socially, I mean, you know, you are you don't have like a vegan potluck that you can go to, but you know what? I don't even go to those things here anyway, because I'm an abolitionist, <laughs> and don't? no, because I, I want to talk about abolition, and I want to talk about, I'm very, very, very serious. I guess I'm just no fun, because <laughs> I really want to talk about the, the issue and no I, I'm, I'm I'm being facetious I could go um, to the vegan potlucks but I really that's okay I don't really 
I really, um, I really want to. I would rather go and do a street stall or something like that, just because I'm lucky enough to really just not really be be too worried about not having a huge social network. Um, I mean, just in a different place in my life. But I think, you know, for people who are used to having um, a really strong social network and they go vegan and they're the only ones, um, it's just the fact that you're the only one, it just means that you're the only one for now or, you know, you, you're at the beginning. And the, the longer that you're there, exactly. it's going to happen. And so it's inevitable. So you just have to kind of get through this, get through the first moment. But like I say, you say at the moment you're saying this and everybody says, yeah, it makes sense but then they just turn right around and go and buy their milk and meat um, is pretty much what's happening, right? Everybody's like, oh, that makes sense. But, oh, well, <laughs> we can't even comprehend not, you know, buying milk. But the bottom line is, that is if only, you know, we could get a few more people. Um, if you could go to um, even the poorer people and say, you know, you don't have to strive to buy this milk. It's actually bad for you. You know, you're doing a right thing by not buying this milk. Um, go and buy some more grains and educate them about diet because they're probably being lied to as well and being told, oh, you need to get some meat and you need to get some milk. I mean, I don't really know if that's what goes on, but that's what goes on over here. Yeah, it's true. And the, the thing is that people are just so used to listening to the this over and over again. And people often tell me, you know, oh, but where did you get your calcium, you know? And I'm like, Man, where are you getting this from? Where did you get the idea, you know, that you need cow's milk for calcium? Think about it. And they're like, oh, well, in this dairy advertisement. And I was like, oh, that's so convenient, you know. And they're like, well, you might be right. And I'm like, I'm healthy, you know, I'm happy, I'm healthy. And I'm talking about veganism a whole lot more these days. And even on Twitter, you know, I'm just really thankful for Twitter <laughs> because it, it helps me a lot to watch what other people are saying and to read um, all the posts from other vegan abolitionists from uh, many parts of the world. So it, it's good because I, maybe I don't have other abolitionists around me here that I can like hang out with, but I can go on Twitter and read what they're saying and, and educate myself a lot more and, and just know that I'm not the only one because that's what people, you know, tell me sometimes, like, oh, but w what what good it is that you're not eating all these delicious things if nothing's ever going to change. And I'm like... It, it is going to change because we are going to make a change. But as long as people just have this mediocre mindset, like defeatist mindset, like, oh, nothing's ever going to work, nothing's going to get done because they're just, like, giving up before even trying. And that's what, that's what makes sense to me about this whole abolitionist because it just makes sense. We are the ones who have the power to change the way the world works right now because if things are this bad is because we've made it this bad, this bad yeah. you know? Yeah. That's that. It does make perfect sense. That's why it's it's so wonderful to that that more and more people are talking about it because it just makes so much sense. And it also it is empowering because I don't want to be a defeatist. I don't want to give up. And um, I I have immense amount of hope. And I can't imagine what it's like to not have any hope. So I actually feel a little bit sorry for people who don't have any hope. Um, I think they must be secretly unhappy, um, especially if they are vegan and they then and they are aware of you know the injustice and everything. Um, I I just can't imagine what that's what that's like so I really hope that we can sort of spread hope spread this message of hope and people who have given up can 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 realize that they don't need to give up and they can they can have renewed hope that that's another thing that's really important for us to do because 
we're up against you know it's a mag it's a magnitude of of something that's just so mind-boggling that it can be very overwhelming so that's another good reason like I, I mean I have um, I have um, some fellow abolitionists here in New Zealand and we got to all hang out and it was very special but most of the time I'm by myself and I do the same thing as you do I just do my work and I learned from the other abolitionists on on the internet and um, love it or hate it the internet is is what's making this this dissemination of the information happen so um, I do I am in the same sort of position but I just think it's interesting that um, I just think it's because I had that I had that theory that because I lived in the Dominican Republic for just a year but um, I'm you know my friends are all Dominican and um, I, I was not ve vegan then but I look back on the incredible abundance of um, rice and beans and and all the amazing vegetables and the fruit was just out of this world and of course they have bread and they have all these amazing grains and I look back and I think oh it would have been so easy to be vegan there and it's a very poor country I mean they have a lot of poverty I mean there are people there who are starving um, who don't have any you know they live in cardboard boxes and things like that and it and I'm sure that the elites of society are eating all the eating meats you know and, and drinking milk in fact New Zealand's milk gets shipped there when I was living there, they just yeah, started. Here too. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Yeah, we have a lot of a lot of milk. Well, not not so many milk as um, cream. You know, cream and cheese. It's well, New Zealand cream and New Zealand cheese, oh and all like. Oh my gosh! Oh no! <laughs> you see, we're supplying the world's supply of dairy I almost think we're we're starting to intensify our dairy production here everybody just it just makes me laugh because you know <laughs> these groups think that they're abolishing factory farming well that's total nonsense anyway it's always going to be factory farming I don't care if you're going to call it free range or what it's factory farming but the thing is is that it's becoming more intensive they're starting to bring in you know New Zealand has never had although it has happened the history of my country the land to people ratio the cows are all outside and eating grass but that's starting to change because we're supplying the, this huge demand for dairy in these other countries and because of the free trade agreements so we're actually bringing in intensive dairy farming here so this whole thing about how the worst practices and stuff intensive dairy farming is taking off here is going to take off here and you know everybody's protesting it and I'm just like well why don't we concentrate on vegan education because first of all whether they're in a field or whether they're in a cubicle they're still being horrifically abused and slaughtered and, and exploited and their babies are being stolen so why are you suddenly caring about it now you know why are you spending all your money opposing this thing it's, they have to do intensive dairy farming because now we're sending milk to South America and Europe I mean you know wait I, yeah, I just there's the amount crazy. of yeah they just I feel like they don't even think I just feel like they're not even thinking I mean I, I it doesn't make sense but anyway I won't um complain anymore but that's fascinating to me because there you go I wonder how many other you know um, countries we're sending our milk to and our cheese to and and things that I that I weren't aware of um, yeah it's it's crazy really and when you think about it people when when you start talking to people they're they're gonna find any excuse they can to to like <laughs> hang themselves up to this lifestyle that they've been having forever you know ever since 
they we're little, we have been brought up to drink cow's milk as if it's something that we need and we actually don't. And, you know, people often are like, oh, no, but that only happens in the United States or that only happens in other places. You know, here it's not as bad. But, you know, the thing is, it's not the treatment. You know, it's, it's not the cruelty. It's just the fact that we are taking something that we don't need. We're enslaving an animal when we shouldn't have to. And, you know, I have a friend, you know, that I know that has a small dairy operation at home, you know, and their house is a little big, you know, but they they keep only about six cows, you know, and then I went there and I saw the cows and it was just horrible, you know, and I was just like hurting in my stomach when I, when the first time that we, we went to his house and I could smell the cows, you know, like, well, not the cows, but all, all the manure, you know, and when I went to see where they were keeping the cows, it was just horrible, you know, it was dark, it was this horrible stall, and they had, like, all the calves um, in in a different place away from the cows, and so I started asking him questions, you know, because this is not a factory farm, this is just a, a small family farm, if you wish, but um, then I told him, you know, you, you keep these cows here all day, and he was like, oh, no, someone comes and, and takes them for a walk um, about once or twice a day, and I'm like, oh my god, this is horrible, you know, of course I didn't say it to his face right there, but I, I started asking him questions, and then I told him, you know, what do you do with the male calves, you know, and then he said, well, if the calf is born female, then we keep it, he said, because um, they're going to be uh, replacing their mother soon enough, and if they're male, then we sell them, and I was just like, oh my god, you know, there's this family that's keeping six cows, and they're doing the exact same thing as people do with factory farms. And then I asked him, you know, and how old, you know, are the, um, are the cows when you sell them, you know, because then he told me, well, it depends, you know, they, they can be two years old, three years old, four years old at, at the most, but sometimes it's sooner, you know, as long as the, the younger calves are ready to replace them, then we send, we send them off to the slaughterhouse because, you know, younger cows sell better for beef, he told me. And I was just like so shocked, you know, like, oh, because, you know, sometimes people think like, oh, you know, the family farms, you know, whatever, but it's still the same horrible thing, the same still... Um, horrible exploitation that they're doing and people want to make excuses for them but I don't think there's an excuse for animal exploitation because we don't need it. It's just ridiculous, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you told that story. Thank you because so many people are caught up. I mean, they miss the whole point anyway. Um, people really do. Their faces go blank. Um, I did my street stall yesterday with William and we had the, I just want to tell you this little story because he, he came up with some, with a really good scenario because we had a guy who, who, um, said to us, we were saying to him, you know, um, <laughs> well, if you ask, he said, well, if you ask the animals, if the animals could talk, how do you know that they're not happy? And I just kept showing him the peaceful prairie pictures. Like the, the, if the animals could talk, what would they say? He said, and then I held up the pig, um, the peaceful prairie pig saying, please don't kill me. And then he said, well, maybe 50%, maybe 50% of them say that. And then William, um, took over, which was really good because, um, he's very, very good. And he said to the guy, look, I just want to give you a scenario because we were, 
trying to get away from treatment. Um, the guy, we, we didn't talk to treatment about, it seems to be in the back of everybody's mind that, oh, well, they comfort themselves with this little, oh, well, but the cows that I buy are living happily and then they just get sung to sleep and then everything's, you know, they don't want to admit. So William, um, William gave him a scenario, which I thought was brilliant. He said, um, I want to give you a scenario. You're, you're living in this enormous, beautiful mansion. And you have everything that you could possibly need. It's, it's, you have a swimming pool and you have all this space and you're protected from the shelter because the guy was like, yes, but we give them, we protect them from shelter, from, you know, we give them shelter and we protect them from the rain. I mean, I'm thought the animals are grateful that we take care of them and stuff. And William was like, okay. So you're this, you're a guy, you're living in this amazing mansion. You're separated from your friends and family. Your children are taken away and you can't have any contact with them, but you're still living in this gorgeous, beautiful, big mansion. And then at the end of 10, years you're going to be killed for your meat you know and we and he stopped because he was all excited about the mansion he was like oh yes the mansion it sounds lovely the mansion and then we said but the catch is that even though you're living this beautiful life of luxury after 10 years time you're going to be murdered what would you choose would you choose to be free and maybe not quite as protected and you know or would you want to be in that mansion and he said well maybe 50 percent of people would say yes and i said what would you say would you want to be killed for your meat and and skin after, even after you lived in this beautiful mansion and he couldn't say yes he changed the subject but I think that's a really good analogy as well <laughs> don't you think because people get so yeah. they don't realize that we, we all want to live that's what we're here for to live and another one that people say is oh uh, we had another guy yesterday who was like um, but in the wild you know they, they're going to be I think it might have been the same guy and I didn't get a chance to I didn't even think of this till later because we get this a lot. People say, but in the wild, they would be killed by a predator. So we're actually providing them with a really nice life because they're not going to be killed by a predator. And I'm thinking, well, they're going to be killed by us. But I'm, I want to say to people next time, I'm going to say, look, you know, I could be killed in a horrific car accident tomorrow for all you know. Or there could be a storm and I could be hurt. Or I could be murdered by an ex. You know, I could be raped, brutally raped and murdered and tortured. I mean, this is all possible. People die every day. We're all going to die. Does that mean that you should enslave me, imprison me, and exploit me for my milk, you know, impregnate me, uh, steal my baby, you know, rape me, and then murder me just because there's a chance that I'm going to die in a terrible accident. So the justifications that they use are just so they just don't even make any sense. So we have to learn how to respond to those ones. So I'm definitely going to tell that story about your friend's six-cow, very small family uh, family farm. Um, And I'm sure in New Zealand, the small farms are the same. So um, this, is, this is really important stuff because people do have these myths about treatment and the bottom line is treatment is, part, I mean, if you're, use equals suffering anyway. But I love the fact that you've, I love that you've seen that with your own eyes. I love that you've been there and you have this evidence because, you know, I haven't seen it. Um, people say, well, where do you get your evidence from? And I just try to get them to think about it. Just think about it, you know. what? what you know, we're killing them because you're eating their flesh, so... What does that tell you, <laughs> you know? But sometimes... Yeah, it's horrible. And, you know, the thing is that it's the same. Because, you know, getting people to actually think about that the problem is not treatment but use is what is a challenge. Because they think that just because they're humans, you know, they can do whatever they want to animals because that's what they're for. And, you know, changing that mentality is a challenge indeed because people are just so stuck in there and they're comfortable, you know, eating the things they eat, you know, buying the things they do. And they don't want anything that gets them out of that comfort zone, even though they are 
facing the facts and, and they cannot possibly come up with an excuse that is valid, you know, because there isn't, <laughs> you know, the only excuse that might be valid is to say, you know what, I don't care. <laughs> the people don't want to admit that they don't care because they don't want to feel like they're bad people, you know, <laughs> they're like, oh, oh, no, but this, oh, no, but that. And, and that, they'll, they'll just yeah. say anything. They will, and that's what that's what makes that's what what our job is because we're the only people out there at the moment until everybody else kind of figures it out that this is what needs to be done that are challenging people on that and that are you know making people think. Um, I do believe in the inherent goodness of people. They've just been socially conditioned, and also I strongly believe that it's an avoidance of guilt because when I realized what I'd been doing for 30 plus years of my life, I felt really bad. Okay, that's an understatement. I mean, I felt so awful because I realized what I'd been doing and I thought, I'm a monster. I'm a monster. We're monsters. And, well, we're not monsters. Um, I don't think that we are. I think that we need to be there to help people. Um, I try to make it very clear to people that, you know, I participated in all this for the majority of my life and the only and I and I understand where they're coming from because they haven't been told these things but we have to we have to tell them these things and um, you know there was a guy yesterday at the stall who you know they, a couple of people used the religious argument and said that um, the Bible put put all the animals here for our use and that's the way it is it says in the Bible and I said you know I'm not challenging your religious beliefs I think that um, any religion any individual can see that um, first of all there's a lot of stuff in the in the Bible that you don't agree with right I said you don't agree yeah. <laughs> with everything that you've read in there do you and he says oh no there's lots of stuff in there that I don't agree with and that I don't follow and I said well there you go I said well you know let's 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 put that aside for a second um you know and let's not even talk about that because um I respect the fact that you ha have your own beliefs and that's that's totally fine but um let's let's think about this as individuals and then they brought up the caveman argument well we live in the ice ages and we had and I said well you're not living in the ice ages I mean you're here I mean it's quite warm here you don't need to wear a polar bear's skin to keep warm <laughs> and those people I said we you know in our modern world I mean if people do want to keep living in these in these remote places where they're really not physically designed to live you know we can help them by sending them um, the the, the pro you know the products the artificially made products to keep them warm and there's some stuff that's made out of polystyrene or whatever or polyester or whatever that's just so thermally like super super warm it's what they use in the Antarctic and stuff it's not animal skin they're wearing this like synthetic incredibly you know warm like synthetic material so I'm kind of like don't give me that you know I'd say don't give me you know I kind of I just kind of look at people and they say their stuff and you know what's funny when you let them talk they can hear the own ridiculousness coming out of their mouth and then you don't even have to really say anything because they're talking away saying something ridiculous like oh but we take care of the animals and we keep them warm and you know you've just confronted them with the fact that they're tortured and killed and all that so they really and then they kind of stop and say well uh, and then they can hear their own nonsense you don't even have to point it out to them because they can hear it coming out of their own mouth and it's utter nonsense and it really helps to for them to sort of come to that conclusion on their own so I think one-on-one -on -one, I think I need to um, learn how to how to do that do you ever get a chance to talk one-on-one -on -one to people in your community well sometimes I do you know but it, it's quite uncomfortable because <laughs> it, it, it ends up 
being when you're sitting down to eat or something or afterwards. So it's quite uncomfortable to do it right there because you know that you want to eat, you know, and then get into it, but they're going to get offended or they're going to, it's going to get into an argument. So um, I, I want, you know, I wish that I could make as tall as like you do and just reach out to people. And that's why I'm trying to like um, see if there's anybody out there who would like to do it with me because I have other people that have told me, you know, let's go, you know, and we're going to do this march in front of the circus, you know, and we're going to protest. And there are people who are just um, eating meat, you know, they're eating dairy. And I'm like, you know what, you want to go and, make you know this this demo in front of the circus that's great but i wish you know that the same way you were going to the circus you would come with me to the, to the zoo and protest there and you're going to go to the rest protest there as well and you're going to people wearing leather shoes and let them know about how unfair that is as well and they're like they, they have nothing to say back to me you know and then i say just you know how can it be possible that you're recognizing this type of animal exploitation as wrong and at the same time that you're embracing other types of animal exploitation in your life. It doesn't make any sense. And I'm sorry, but <laughs> I really don't feel like joining you. And they get upset, you know, but they know I'm right. And because it makes sense, you know, it's just how can you reconcile the fact that, oh, you know, you don't want um, the tiger, you know, and, and the elephant to be abused. But if it's a poor cow or a pig and somewhere that you don't, you don't even have to think about them, then it's okay. It's just ridiculous, you know, but I, I try to, you know, Whenever I get the chance, now more now than than before because I I usually got really emotional, you know, and really upset when people started um, maybe joking to me and making fun of me. So I, I had to learn to control myself. And now I think that, that I do, you know, I, I can be more reasonable about it. And I think Twitter helps a lot because then people um, contact me on by mail and and are like, you know, I'm interested in this, and and I can like send them information or whatever, but I, I try to do it. You know, every time I get a chance, I, I don't hide away from it anymore because it's important. And at, at the same time, it's it's a good thing, but at the same time, it's, you have to be prepared, you know, because um, I, I can say, you know, and it makes me sad, you know, because the people that I've had the opportunity to talk to, you know, and I make them realize what's going on and they agree with me and then I, I lend them my copy of Earthlings, I lend them my books and... and stuff and they they just do nothing you know and i'm like oh you know <laughs> i'm just so frustrated sometimes but there are others who are listening you know like on twitter um i had this vegetarian friends you know that i've met on twitter and you know um i've gotten together with them uh, a couple of times and you know i you know the things i tweet about and stuff and one day i got this message from one of them telling me you know what I'm starting to get rid of dairy on my diet, so I want you to give me advice, you know, what can I eat? And I'm just, like, shocked, you know, because he was, he didn't want to know anything about veganism when I talked to, to him in person, and that now he's, like, asking about it and trying to do it, so that gives me hope, you know, and I'm like, dude, this is amazing that you're doing this, go, and, you know, I give him ideas, you know, and recipes and stuff, and so it works, you know, maybe it might not work right away for some people, but if they're it will. Absolutely. And another thing is, I mean, first of all, every vegan I know, like I say, just is really, really so incredibly helpful. I mean, this is not a thing that we want to keep to ourselves. Like, you know, sometimes when you have knowledge, 
you, you know, people can be very uh, sort of clicky about it and say, well, I don't want to tell them everything. We are dying to tell people everything about veganism. Every vegan I know wants to help people. And I think that that's just so wonderful. It just shows people, you know, we give up our time. Um, Vish gave his email address to a complete stranger to say, talk to me. Email me if you want to know about diet. I'll help you one-on-one. And he would too, you know, and he said that's a really important thing too. Another thing I want to say about one-on-one is like the, these these social networking sites, you know, a lot of people, I think that both are really important. I'm starting to realize how important because you see, yes, when you're doing the forums and you're doing the things that's anonymous and people can go completely crazy on you and say things that they would never say to you in person, but also because of our sort of ego that we all suffer from, when you're talking to somebody one-on-one, unless you have really no ego or you're a really open person, a lot of people aren't going to turn around to a person who's standing in front of them and say, you know what? you're right, I'm going to stop eating dairy and stuff. They'll, they'll challenge it and they'll argue it, but then when they go away and they're alone and they don't have to face you and they don't have to admit that, oh, she was right or I'm re- really wrong, then they do it on their own. And then anonymously, as I think it might be even easier for people anonymously to admit these things and to say, well, I'm interested. So, you know, I think it goes both ways. I think the social networking on the, on the internet is really important. Yes, you have to deal with a lot of crazies when you go on the forums, but I don't know how crazy they really are. I think there are people who um, just um, are provocative and they like to say things, but it's also an anonymous platform where a complete stranger, you can admit to a complete stranger, you know, you don't have to sort of face the person in person and, and you know, because our egos, I mean, I think we, they get in the way. So one-on-one, uh, I think that those people that you're talking to who are saying to you, yes, I agree, and, and then they don't actually do anything, um, you know, you just have to give them time because when they go away, maybe they'll talk to other people, maybe it won't be to you because people have a really hard time admitting to somebody that oh I was wrong and you were right it just seems to be one of the hardest things that people have you know have that's true you know one-on-one but anonymously like you notice how your friend he let you know on Twitter that he was thinking about it right yeah he didn't come and meet you and look you in the eye and say you know what you're he kind of did it from the safety net of do you know what I mean I think that it really it I think a mixture of the two is really important because everybody's different. Some people are not comfortable um, admitting that they're wrong. (laughs) In fact, I think most people aren't. Um, So, yeah, that's a really, yeah, I think that, and if you're in a community where it's just, so I don't know, I mean, I think that, you know, you'll do a stall or you'll be able to do more in the community when, when you when you have more community support. Um, the, the magic time is going to happen when you have some local people seeing your videos in Spanish and getting turned on and contacting you. And that that's sort of when, when you'll be able to get a little more of a support network. Because, you know, I, I remember when I first read Gary, when I first went on Gary Francione's website and... My all that I'd been doing is I'd been sending money to these big groups, right? That's what I did in the beginning because that's just what I did. Um, but I sent money to them. I became a member, and I was like, I wrote a letter to the person here who's in charge of the big welfare group here and said, I'm going to help you. I'm going to be the best volunteer you ever had. And I joined them, and I sent the money, and I became a member. And I wasn't doing anything. And then I go on Gary's website, and he says, talk to people about veganism at every opportunity you get. And I'm like... Oh, no way. No way am I doing that. And I I resisted. Initially, I was like, that's too hard. I don't want to do that. And then after a while, you realize he's right. And you just start doing it. And in the beginning, you, you get caught up because you're not used to dealing with people. But it actually gets easier and easier, especially once you learn the arguments. So, like, no matter what anybody says to me, maybe they're not going to give me a chance to, to respond. But I have a response for everything. 
you know, they say we take care of the animals and we say, I mean, I'll use Williams, you know, if you, uh, Williams' response about the mansion, you know, that was a really, I mean, the guy yes, just, that's really he didn't know on. what to say. He just looked at us and he was like trapped, you know. He wanted to say, well, I want everything except for the killing bit. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, um, it's just, yeah, you got to just wake people up. So give it time and, and, you're, and what, what you're doing is, is the right thing. And in the meantime, we're all, you know, we can all keep in touch with each other. <laughs> and that's the main thing. Yeah, I, I think there's there's time, you know, and people are, are eventually going to come around it because, I mean, I, I want to use the example of my mom. You know, when I first went vegetarian, I was living with my mother and she was like okay you know if you want to do this it's okay you know it's hell whatever and then I did it and she supported me you know she didn't really care about it but um as soon as I started you know like I'm going to go vegan she realized you know that I was not eating cheese anymore that I was not like eating eggs or anything that I was being more careful with the things I bought you know snacks and stuff and so she started noticing, and she was worried about me. She was like, oh, no, you know, this is too much. This is just going overboard. You're just going crazy over this. you got to um, calm down, whatever. It's not as bad, blah, blah, blah. But um, she didn't really tell me, you know, you can't do this. I'm not going to let you. No, she was just worried, you know, and thought I was just fanatical and ridiculous. But anyway, <laughs> um she didn't tell me, but I know that she what she was thinking. But um, the thing is that um, later on, you know, about, uh, I don't know exactly how how much into my veganism was it that she got really sick, and she was just having this terrible, you know, um, pains, you know, and she was always nauseous and she was always with this headaches, and then she thought, you know, it's because of the menopause and stuff, and she went to the doctor and bunch of tests done because she was taking her medicine and she still wasn't getting any better. Um, so the thing is that these tests revealed that she was really sick because of her cholesterol. And it was just a shock for her because she is not someone that is like extremely overweight. You know, she's just a normal person. I don't know. Um, some of my clothes even fit her, you know, my, my shirts and stuff. So she's not really a big, big woman, but um, she was shocked, and the doctor told her, you know, you're going to have to do something about this because it's really bad. You know, it's, it's going to kill you. Don't, don't do something right away. And so he gave her the options, you know, and a whole bunch of medicines, but he told her the only way to reverse this is if you go on a diet. You know, you have to change your eating habits and stuff. And, she, and he started telling her all the things that she couldn't eat anymore. And you can only guess, you know, what, what did he say? He said, you know, you can't eat meat anymore, not any kind of meat. Um, you can't eat dairy. You can't eat eggs, especially eggs. She, you know, he told her that she had to stay away from, from eggs, you know, at all costs. And he also told her that she couldn't eat refined foods, you know, bread and stuff. She she had to get rid of it. And so she went home, you know, and she was just so depressed, like, oh, my God, you know, the doctor told me this, and I didn't realize that I was so sick. And then she started telling me about it, and I was like, Mom, I don't eat any of those things, and I'm fine. And she was like, you're right, you know, and she was like, oh, my God, you know. And I was, like, happy, you know, not exactly because she was sick, but I was like, the doctor just told you to go vegan, ha, you know. <laughs> Like don't make fun of me, but I was just really happy that she had she got to understand that it was really a healthy thing to do, and you know that those things that she said that weren't bad, you know that neither for us or for the animals are really bad because if not they wouldn't give her this disease. 
you know, so um, I, I actually convinced her. I actually convinced her to make a video with me. So um, I think you have the link right for the video. So maybe you can put it there to people to see it because it was really it was really nice. You know, we saw a documentary, you know, about eating habits and stuff. And she just, you know, uh, grabbed it and she said, you know, this is. This, this is what I'm living. This is not some made-up story to help animals. You know, this is reality. I don't need these products. In fact, they're making me sick. And so she went on, on her vegan diet at least, you know, for ever since, you know. And um, she got better. She didn't have any more need to take the medicines. You know, after a month, she started off the medicine and her cholesterol um, had settled down. And now she's great. You know, she's doing great. And um, I think that helped a lot, you know, because then no one else had anything to, t to say to me, you know, in my family, like, like oh, you're going to get sick, oh, that's so unhealthy. I was like, no, it's not, look at my mom, you know. <laughs> I might as well do it now before I get sick. Yes, you know? exactly. You might as well do it before you get sick. That's a fantastic story. Um, I think that that's just... That's so helpful to people, and um, and the fact that your mom was able to do that video with you, I think that's great. We'll definitely link to that. It's in English, um, so everybody can watch it and and see this and use it. You know, use it as an example. I mean, these are real life stories. You know, this is really helpful to us because it's not just some stranger or it's not just something that we read from somebody we don't know. I mean, we, you know, we. I'm in touch with you. I, I mean, I feel like I know you. I feel like you're like my sister. You. Know? I mean, you know, we, we're you know we're getting to know each other like that, and so I trust. That, you know, and your mother made a video about it. So it's not like I can actually tell people. I have a friend that I know whose mother, you know, did these things, and they can. It, it's it's little. It's more convincing than than somebody who who's just saying, "Well, I've read somewhere or I googled this," you know. So I love these these personal stories. That's that's why it's so important for us to all network together. We can really help each other. And also, I I'm very very happy for your mother that she's not ill anymore. Um, I'm very very glad for you and for your your whole family because that must have been absolutely terrifying. And I praise the doctor for choosing the proper. I mean, I think a lot of other doctors would have just given her a mountain of pills to take for the rest of her life. Wouldn't they? Yeah, and it wouldn't have, and it wouldn't have done her any good, really, because how much can medicine help you if you're not going to stop contaminating your body with all this thing? Yeah, exactly, right? exactly. And um, you know, when we were listening to the BBC and they were talking about the the um, animal experimentation and the and the, for example, the the health, and they were saying the number one, you know, a couple of the experts on there were saying, um, you know, it's the thing that's going to help us all is, is lifestyle, environment, diet, you know, exercise. It's not these pills. It's not these things. So um, I, I love that. I think, the you know, the world is changing, you know, slowly waking up. Um, it's just the speciesism is what we have to get out of. The speciesism is the number one thing that's preventing us from actually confronting um, our use of animals is, um, is, is a lot of ignorance, a huge amount of ignorance about diet and about health and about the environment. Um, but nobody's even going to take those seriously. I mean, people um, aren't even going to consider those until we get through this um, this sort of um, hierarchical um, we're at the top position that, that a lot of people hold. And when you talk to people um, more and more, you will find that overwhelming, overwhelmingly that is an argument that, that people do use, um, especially um, if they have uh, what they think is proof. You know, it was written in this religious text or, you know, I was taught this and this must be right or, well, they can't talk, you know. That's why it's so important to educate ourselves and learn from each other. Like you say on Twitter, learn from other people who've been 
presenting these arguments for a long, long time because now I know what to say when somebody says to me, you know, say, well, you know, would you say a human being who was unable to speak or who was mute or something, would you be able to kill them just because they don't, they can't speak your language or, you know, you just relate it all to sort of the human the human issue and you make them see the speciesism because on my stall it says abolish speciesism and people are like, what's speciesism, you know? And um, a good way to make them realize it is to get them talking about it. And then they start saying things that are speciesist. And then you say to them, oh, you see how you just um, put the animal in a different level? And even though, even if it was a, even if the, the, uh, you know, the person, the, the, the living being involved was a human who was um, completely, you know, brain dead, and you still don't think it's right to experiment on them, yet a perfectly healthy, young, vibrant, um, non-human, you think it's perfectly fine to do vivisection to help the brain dead human, I say, well, that's an example of speciesism. Do you see what I mean? You know, you get them to sort of do a speciesist thing, and then you can say to them, see, see that? That's what we mean, rather than trying to explain it to them. But anyway, I'm getting off topic here. So, um, also, did, did you not say that you're very slim, you're naturally slim, and um, before you went vegan, everybody used to think it was really great, and then after you went vegan, everybody thought that you were starving to death? Yeah, that's true. It's just ridiculous, you know, because I've always been this way. And, you know, um, the thing is that maybe 10 years ago, I used to be a little heavier, but because I was into martial arts, you know, and I was just like... I don't know. I, I had a different complexion because I was into sports, you know, and I ate a lot and I just wasn't this um, regime, regime, you know, training and stuff. And so when I stopped that, I, I went down, you know, I used to weigh like about 130 pounds and now I'm in 115, you know. Um, so people never used to tell me anything about it until I went vegan, you know, they're like, I think you're losing weight. And I'm like, no, I'm not, you know, it's normal. And they're just, grabbing on to anything that they seem weird in me and they blame it on my veganism and it's just ridiculous you know but you know it's like they think it's unhealthy you know they think it's unnatural but I'm, I'm just waiting for them to tell me so I can just turn it around and, and, and let them know how what they are doing is actually what is unnatural and what is unhealthy you know so before I just it used to be very annoying you know like again with the thing about my weight again with the thing about my paleness or whatever I'm not really pale but whatever um and now I'm just like waiting for them to tell me you know because I know that I can use that as a chance to educate them you know because they really don't think about what they're saying they're just trying to uh, I don't know maybe comfort themselves that um I'm wrong you know (laughs) that I'm not really doing the right thing because I'm constantly putting it out there you know in my Twitter my Facebook in the t-shirts that I wear it's everywhere, you know. You can't be around me and not, you know, hear something about veganism because it, it's always going to be out there for me. Yes, and I, th- I think that's fantastic because you started out the way I did where you just didn't want to cause any trouble and you didn't want to rock the boat and you kind of hit it. And that's what a lot of people do. And now you realize, and I realize, that it's actually not frightening at all to stand up for what's right. In fact, it's really, really, really rewarding. And that's what we need people to know. We need people to know that... Being an advocate for veganism, even if you're just doing it as, a, even if you don't have like a Facebook, you know, or you don't do any kind of 
blog or stall or anything, just in your daily life. That's all we're asked, you know, that's all we need to do as individuals. And it's actually can be really, really rewarding, especially once you learn the arguments. And then you look forward to the conversations because you don't feel trapped anymore and you feel like it's an opportunity to educate. So we've both come a really long way and um, we've both realized that um, this approach is actually really, really effective and it's actually easy. People don't um, turn around and, and shoot us when we when we talk about veganism and um, and no. like you say you, you're now looking forward to these challenges from them rather than thinking oh gosh this is so annoying because you actually have you've been sort of equipped with the tools now and you have the knowledge to be able to really engage in it and because it's so important that we do this it's really it drives us to to do it so even if you don't want to do like your own stall or start a group or do anything like that just whenever you're with people and they're challenging you on your veganism don't be afraid to um, challenge them back um, in a really open way and you know allow them to sort of hear their own nonsense we, we must do this we really must um, yeah it's true every, everybody who's vegan whether you want to really put yourself out there or not just Whenever anybody talks to you about it, if somebody says a comment, challenge that. Don't let the myths perpetuate. We've got to stop. We've got to bust these myths collectively. And that's all you need to do to be a vegan advocate. You don't have to do all these other things um, that we're doing. I do them because I want to. I want to spend my time doing it. But, you know, not that other people do. Other people have other interests. You know, maybe your hobby is some some kind of art or something. doesn't mean you could have to stop doing your art. But if you're painting and somebody next to you says, oh, you're vegan, you're not getting enough calcium – Go, <laughs> tell the truth, do yeah, it. You know, <laughs> that's all you need to do. We got to stick up for it collectively. We got to change this image collectively, and it will change the world. We can turn it around by spreading the right information by by presenting a good image. You know. Yeah, I think that's very important. I think that's very important because I always tell people, you know, if you want to help animals, you don't need to go into these demonstrations. You don't need to scream at people. You don't need to get naked or whatever. You just <laughs> need to change the way you live because that in the end is what really is going to have an impact in the society because as long as people don't change, nothing is ever going to change. You can push a law over as many people as you want, but if they want something done, they will have it done you know it's the same as with everything else you know they can make drugs illegal but as long as people are um, consuming them there's always going to be a supply for that demand you know it's, it's the same thing for animal products so it's really easy and and I, I totally agree with you Elizabeth um, we have to just be like the best you know the happiest healthiest vegans that we can possibly be and yeah um, be vocal you know don't hide from it even if people look weird, even if people, you know, get sick of it, at least you're putting it out there, you know. And some people are change. Yeah, some people are going to change, and some people enjoy it and learn, and um, and it's what's it's it's what's right. I mean, do you do we want to help them? I mean, do we want to do we want to change this? Well, I do, and and I know you do. So let's do it. Um, we, we have to just continue to do it. Um, and it can be overwhelming if you sit down and you just let it sort of close in on you. Like I know some people do who write to me and say, oh, but it's just nothing's changing and all this stuff. And I'm like, we've just begun. And anyway, what are you going to do? Give up? Or keep going. Well, I choose keep going. I choose doing this because I have I have definitely can see changes even in my own. I mean, I've got four other people here helping me, um, and that's um, way more than there was in the beginning. I mean, it's like four times as much. You know, it counts. It really matters. And you see all these people coming out, and you see this the BBC World 
put the abolitionist message out there. I mean, that was huge. I was leaping about the room. I was just cheering when I heard that. Um, I was incredibly excited when I heard that. I really, really was. Um, the BBC. Yeah, it, it's a change. It's a change because people always jump into the whole welfare thing and into the whole uh, all that nonsense. And you know, when this happens, it's like people can really see that the true message. You know, with nothing else covering it up or trying to make it easier. No, this is what it's needed, and this is what it's being presented. It's just awesome. Oh, I was just so thrilled when I when I heard that um, when I heard the ending of um, of the BBC and you know it was um, Gary Francione talking about how veganism is, should be the moral baseline and how animal use we need to challenge animal use we need to abolish animal use and telling the truth as long as people are consuming animals nothing's going to change he's right so it's just so wonderful I, I give props to Victor Schoenfeld thank you Victor Schoenfeld for having the the presence of mind to do the right thing and put Gary Francione's voice and, and the abolitionist message on the documentary the way it should be and this is this is a, like um, a really wonderful thing that happened and um, so we're all very excited by that so I was just so like leaping around I was in my room you know by myself um, it was so wonderful because it is actually quite sickening how how um people have tried to hide that message for so long it doesn't make any sense to me especially animal people so yeah. look out sorry we're not going to go away world no. we're not going <laughs> not anywhere. at all we're stronger <laughs> than ever <laughs> yes no and really it, it's amazing because um that's an amazing opportunity for people who are not even thinking about it to just get the message and listen to it and make you know up their minds and change their lives you know which is what matters at the end and and you should put a link for, for that um, Animals and Us um, BBC thing so people can, people who are, what, are listening to this can watch it too because it, it's really good. Oh, definitely. I will do that. So I'm going to put a link to the to your videos. And um, just just for anybody listening, it's um, Porolita22 on YouTube. Um, you can see, uh, it's almost like my podcast where I started out learning and then you can see the transition because you started doing your videos when you're vegetarian and yeah, now you're sure. you know, abolitionist vegan. So you can see this and you can see the sort of, this process. I mean, I think it's really important for people to sort of see and then they can learn and then they can maybe do it faster, you know, like they can watch your videos and go abolitionist straight away. <laughs> oh, that would be fantastic. No need to waste your time and other things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, because there there are people who go vegan right away, you know, and, and I just wish that I had the clear message from the beginning, you know, yes. you know, to be able to go vegan right away and know just, you know, this uh, only meat at first and whatever. No, there are people who do it that way and it's totally possible. Absolutely. You know? It's the way that we should be promoting it. And, you know, when people want to do interim steps, we should always make veganism as the as the goal. Um, it's just so much less confusing. And um, just they can just start veganizing their meals. That's a really fantastic way of doing it. And people will find it easier and easier. And so I'm, I'm learning about the whole, I mean, I need to get onto that because, to be honest, when I did my stall, that when, when this guy came up, and he actually is a, we're really, really praying and hoping that he's going to become a vegan hot dog vendor. I mean, I think that would be incredible if this man would turn around his business, his 
goodness knows how many years of selling hot dogs from tortured, you know, cows and, 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 and pigs and, and become a vegan hot dog vendor. I mean, we were just like, oh my gosh. And he floored us because he said, right, you know, I want to learn about this vegan diet right now. What have you got for me? And we were like, it was all in our heads and we had nothing written down because we weren't prepared for somebody. And I, I realized that was a shortcoming. I need to be prepared for somebody who goes to me. I want to learn how to go to how to go vegan right now, and I guess that's a wonderful thing to be prepared for. So I'm going to get some some sort of charts and some sort of meal plans. You know what I mean? For yeah, that, because that's very good. Yeah, because I don't push the nutrition aspect or anything. I just say if you you know if you if you you know anybody who decides to go vegan for the right reason is going to learn how to be vegan. They're just going to learn, and it's so easy. But when somebody comes up to you and says, "Can you give me a, a game plan starting from today?" and I didn't have one, I was like, "I need to get one because wow!" I was just shocked, and and I guess I sort of underestimated uh, myself even the the power of this of this message that it could have on certain individuals. You know, I wasn't even really ready for that, and I was like, "Oh no, I need this information." So we do need to have the nutritional information because these people it is a change for a lot of people from their regular diet obviously it's just a huge part of their life is animal products but um, we always must start with the right message and then they'll come to us and say yeah I want to know how to go vegan and um, it sounds we kind of laugh now because we realize how easy it is but we got to remember that it is for somebody who's only eating animal products three times a day, seven days a week, they do not know what to eat, and they don't have any vegan friends, so they really just say, "What do I eat?" So I suggest that we all um, get that together, and I'm going to try to get a local one from the New Zealand Vegan Society because I want people to know that there's a vegan society in New Zealand, and um, I'm hoping that they will um, uh, help us with the with the whole nutritional aspect. That's basically what I what I'm hoping that that's basically what I want to sort of use them for it. I don't want to say use them, but that, you know, that that's what I believe that they're they're there to help people um become vegan. Um practically, the practical message. But the um the ethical message is the message that we need to be starting with. So Yeah, and you know what? Um speaking about that, I actually did something similar because I got all these questions from people around me like, what are you eating? You know, what do you eat? And so I made a blog. You know, it's I don't like to call it a cooking blog because the recipes that are there are not really like this wow amazing super <laughs> vegan recipes but I made a blog you know and I take a picture of everything I cook and I write down the ingredients and I put it right there and so when people ask me you know what do you eat I just give them the link to my blog and they can go and, and, and I tell them you know if you want to eat you know vegan and you can go on my blog, I assure you that you're going to see a lot of things that you don't even have to go to another country to look for the ingredients, you know, to be able to prepare it. And so I have done this blog, you know, and it's been very helpful. So maybe you could do it too, you know, take pictures, you know, about the food that you cook and put down the ingredients and just like put it in a, in a blog spot thingy like you have with New Zealand Vegan Podcast so people can go there and watch what you're eating. And it's all going to be things that you bought locally, you know, and ingredients that you use. And maybe they can make up their minds to give it a try and make one of their recipes um, and start having vegan meals, you know, because that's really useful. You know, this friend that I told you about I just gave him the link to my blog and I, I was like there are a lot of things you can eat that will not involve any dairy products whatsoever and he was like oh my god this is making me hungry you know <laughs> and I was like okay 
So that's an idea. You could do that. That's a great idea. I love that idea. I've seen you. I've noticed that you posted those pictures and things like that. But you never. I never saw the link to the blog. I just would look at the pictures on Twitter because you would post them and say, "This is what I have for breakfast. This is what I have for lunch." That's a great idea, and I love the fact that it's local. Thank you. I will. I will definitely use that. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I can a- give you the, the the link to my blog, but it's in Spanish, so it might be a little difficult for people in English to understand it. But I'm going to to you anyway, so maybe you can put it around there. For maybe there's people who understand Spanish, <laughs> or sure. Can translate them. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, I'll put it on the Spanish. I'll put it on my Spanish um, podcast um, blog site okay. as well. Definitely. Absolutely. That's a great idea. But no, that's a fantastic suggestion. Everybody listening, um, I think that that's a really smart thing to do and in fact other people are doing similar things um i know that vincent gahane from um animal um, emancipation and we other animals radio is does does a similar thing he has a vegan improv blog and you know it's it makes a lot of sense what you say about the local ingredients for people in your own community that's just wonderful because i have this cookbook that my friend gave me um before i left new york and it's full of amazing stuff that i can't buy here (laughs) i can't buy them in new zealand they're not available here and i'm just like well i don't know what to do with that recipe <laughs> so yeah really good idea because i cook i mean as we all know when you go vegan you just start cooking like amazing food you and, <laughs> yeah you yeah. do you do and um who wants to eat processed food anyway so uh yeah that's a great idea Alrighty, um is there anything that you else that you wanted to talk about before i before i let you go um well i think we've covered a lot of things so i'm really glad that we could do this and really thank you for having me here because um, it re- really is so refreshing for me to talk and who it's on the same page as me you know that I just feel so much better you know about just talking to you and knowing that there's people out there interested also in what we're saying and in what it's happening you know with this whole um, vegan education that we're trying to put out here because that's really all our what, what, what our our motive is you know to educate people so, yeah, thank you for having me, and I'm really glad. I hope we can do this again soon. Definitely. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I'm really excited. I can't wait to put this out there. And, um, yes, we'll definitely do this again. Um, and we'll do another Spanish one before I forget how to speak the language completely, okay? <laughs> okay. You can practice anytime you want. <laughs> oh, thank you. I will. I will be needing to. All right. So you have a good rest of the day, and um, and I will see you on Twitter and Facebook and again on Skype. And then one day maybe when we, I don't know, figure it out somehow, maybe we can all get together. Wouldn't that be fabulous if we could all just get that together? That would be the best thing <laughs> ever. A dream come true. <laughs> a dream come true. A dream come true. Okay, I'll speak to you soon. Thanks so much for coming on, Pao. Thanks, Elizabeth. Nice to talk to you. Goodbye. You too. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>